is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey there, folks. How you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dealer News Today. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, at Dealer News Today, of course. And, uh, you know, this is episode 13 of season four. But for all past episodes and seasons, you can head over to DealerNewsToday.com. And I am Derek D. I'm an actor, comedian, host. If you want to know some more about me, you can head to DerekD.com. Uh, but we got a good one for you today. My guest started as a service technician and worked his way all the way up to owner and now owns six dealerships. Listen, hard work pays off, friends, okay? Please welcome the owner of Grubbs Automotive, George Grubbs. Thanks for coming on Dealer News today, George. Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. No problem at all. Happy to have you on. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your history, George. Where, where are you originally from? Uh, born and raised in Texas. I'm actually a fourth-generation car dealer. Oh, yeah, very nice. So born and raised in Texas, and I know you own six dealerships. Are they all based in Texas? They are now, yes. All right, so you got six dealerships in Texas, born and raised in Texas, fourth-generation car dealer, married with a couple kids. You went to Baylor University, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was your degree in there? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm fourth-generation car business, and... Uh, Growing up, didn't quite know that I wanted to be in the car business. I, I really was more interested in medicine. I wanted to be an OR doctor, oh, wow. either a surgeon or an anesthesiologist, but I couldn't spell that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll be a surgeon. <laughs> so, you know, went <laughs> went to Baylor and uh, went pre-med at Baylor. I did my first year at Baylor. And I just really didn't enjoy school and, and thinking about how long I'd have to be in school and, and everything. I just wasn't excited about it. So came home after my first year at Baylor and... Uh, sold cars. It was the first time my dad let me really experiment at the car dealership, and, and I got to sell uh, new Nissans at one of our Nissan stores, and I fell in love with it. I was salesman of the month the first month, just had a ball, and so I uh, went back to Baylor and changed my major to uh, business management. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, and second year uh, after school, came home, sold used cars, and I thought to myself, man, I can make a ton of money, and this is so much fun. And so I, I decided right then I needed to get out of school as quick as I could, I could. And I ended up graduating in three and a half years and went full-time into the business. Wow, that's awesome. Good for you. I mean, yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's like, uh, you know, you got a taste of, you know, selling cars and what you can make, and you loved it. You're like, well, well why am I doing something else? I should, I really enjoy this. I should be doing this. It's funny, I interviewed uh, Dorian Jimenez, who who owns, who's a, I th- uh, owns a dealership. He's in, he's in uh, Texas as well. And he said the same thing. He went to school to be a doctor and then fell in love with the car business. Yeah. I find You find that a lot. And not necessarily a doctor, but went to school for something else, fell in love with the car business and ended up um, in that. Were you always a car person or you just it was more of the business side that attracted you? you no, know, actually, I've, I've loved cars from a very young age. I used to always cut out pictures of cars and put them all over my, my wall in my room and just really enjoyed um, you know the 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 beauty of the car, but but also the, the mechanic side of it as well. And that was always kind of in the back of my mind of just I just enjoyed cars, but I never really saw myself in the car business. Hmm. So uh, it wasn't until you know I, I did the odd and end jobs growing up. I worked in the parts department. I was a porter in the service department, things like that. But you know that that wasn't exciting to a teenager, and so it didn't really click until I started selling cars. Yeah, well, because once you start selling cars, you really that's when you start making. You're making some real money. Yeah. And you're like, uh, 
Wow, this is this this is fun. I always, you know, it's funny. I, I ask that question to everybody on the show, and a lot of times it, it's like, you know, I'm not really a car person. I just love working with people, and you know, I love the business side of it. But I, I, I mean, I'm a car guy myself, so I always appreciate when there's dealership owners who are also car uh, car guys and car gals, sure. and uh, that's that's uh, that's always uh, appreciated. What's your uh, what's your daily driver, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, let me give you a little backstory. Um, sure. My dad was always a stickler that uh, we had to drive something that we sold as a new product. So whether it was a Nissan or Infiniti or whatever. And so for 25 years straight, I drove a new Infiniti, usually the QX80. Uh, and that was just kind of my daily driver for years and years and years. And, so like... Um, uh, you know, just kind of always had that, that new car demo for years and years and years. Uh, but so, deep down, I'm a truck guy. I love oh, trucks. Oh, really? Well, and you're so, Texas. <laughs> uh, when, yeah, I mean, you know, Texas and, and need, need a truck to haul stuff. So uh, when when uh, the pandemic hit uh, and, and inventory started getting scarce, uh, I told my used car manager, I said, hey, go find me an F-250. And and so he, he went and found a, a, a fairly, uh, you know, new used F-150 or F-250. And so I drove that for over a year. It's the longest I've ever drove a, drove a vehicle in my life. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. And so since that, that truck, I've kind of flipped in and out of a bunch of different vehicles. And it's actually been a lot of fun to get to experience all kinds of different vehicles. And anything from, you know, like the F-250 to the Acura NSX to GTRs to Escalades, you name it. I've just kind of gone... <laughs> in and out of cars for the past couple of years and, and just loved it. But I'll tell you, to answer your question today, I just went back into another F-250. Oh, wow. Well, I was, I was going to say before when you were saying that, good thing you don't have that anymore because of the gas prices. <laughs> but uh, now that you're back in one, I mean, that that's going to be pretty expensive to fill that tank. But it's pretty cool, you know, that, uh, you know, because you, you're jumping around between you know, domestic cars and foreign cars and, and high-end sports cars. You mentioned the GTR and things like that. That's that's always cool. You get to, you know, drive so many different cars. So you're in a, you're in a brand new 250? Uh, no, actually, well, when we got it, I think it had about 3,000 miles on it. I think it was... Uh, that's pretty much brand new. It was a trade-in <laughs> that we got somebody that was, you know, trying to, to get away from the, the high gas prices. Like how long you drive it until someone want, like sees it and wants to buy it? Yeah, I'm. I'm always. You know, to me, everything's always for sale. So, <laughs> everything's for sale. Uh, if somebody wants it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell it. And uh, uh, so far, nobody's been asking me to drive it. So I guess I'll be in it for a few months, and then I'll. I'll try something else. Yeah, there you go. That's that's uh, not not a bad yeah. gig. So you own uh, six dealerships, right? Is there any uh, plans to expand more? Because I, I I talk to some, you know, owners of dealerships that own multiple dealerships and. It's a crazy time right now. There's the inventory shortage and the chip shortage and all that stuff. But yet profits are so high, but they got no new cars on the lot. But profits are high, so you could be able to buy. But people are also selling. So it's it's crazy. What's what's going on? Are you guys uh, looking at any other dealerships to expand? Yeah, uh, that, that's a great topic. Uh, we are absolutely looking to expand. We actually opened three stores last year. So last year was a real big oh, wow. year for it. And uh, I told my team I wanted to do another three this year. So whether that was, uh, you know, buying a small group or uh, buying individual stores. I I wanted to uh, at least do what we did last year, try to accomplish that this year and just continue to grow. Uh, You know, car business is is resilient. And I think we we saw that back in 08, 09. We saw it again here in the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we've we've built a model that's sustainable for ourselves. 
And uh, then you've got the larger industry, the car business, that uh, it's just a lot of opportunity. So we we actually are excited about what's going on because we feel like it's going to open up a lot of opportunities. And we're we're definitely looking. We're we're talking to to brokers all the time, like DCG and and uh, you know other brokers that uh, are calling us all the time, asking if we're interested in this, that, or whatever. But um, you know we're we're just trying to be prudent in what we're interested in and uh, not overextend ourselves but yeah we've we're definitely looking to grow yeah well good for you i mean it's it, it seems like it's the time to do it you know you said you're at your you, you mentioned that you're uh comfortable in the model of that you guys work in uh so i wanted to ask you about that is, is that something new that you implemented you know and added to your dealerships either during or post covid that has been very helpful it could, i mean it could be a new way of doing something or or whatever something that could uh you know, helped you get through it? Sure. Well, so to us, it's always been people in process. Solid. Yeah. Uh, you know, build strong processes and then find talented people and get out of their way. And so uh, that that's how uh, my grandparents did it. That's how my dad did it. And and I found it to be just as successful today as it, as it always has been. And, and so, you know, for us, the process is the most important piece because you got to start with that. And it's got to be documented. So we we right. have manuals that document our process. And, you know, regardless if uh, people come and go, the process stays the same. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're real strong on process. And, and we also train to that process. So we, we actually do a form of training every single day. We call it coaching. But, there you, go. Um, you know, I think a lot of places you typically see some, some sales type training happen a couple times a week. Uh, we actually train about... 90% of our staff in something every single day. Good way to be. And and so whether it's, you know, customer touch point, word tracks, phone, internet leads, you name it, we're doing some type of, of coaching and training around our process. And, um, you know, that, that helps us attract talented people. And um, so then you start adding the process and the people together. And then, you know, we, we've got a solid team that, uh, we kind of have to get out of their way because they're just yeah. going to go perform. Yeah, I mean that's that's what a lot of people say on the show. You know, you, it, it's it's our people. It's not even in, don't even call them employees. They're basically family that work with us. Yeah, yeah, and, and that brings you know, and that's what brings in good customers and consumers, and you get business from them and their word of mouth to family and friends. So uh, let, let me ask you this: throughout all your dealerships, give me the normal number you'd usually have a new car inventory versus what you have. Uh, right now, it could be an approximate, of course. Um, typically, around between all the stores, around a thousand uh, new cars on the ground. Yeah. And uh, right now, we're at about 125. Jeez, it it baffles. It, it's so baffling when people tell me that. Yeah, we had one. Uh, someone said they were at like they usually carry 1,500 cars, and they were at like 40 new ones. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like, ouch. And it's yeah, such it, a, it, it, <laughs> it is a whole new process. You know, you, you have to completely change your mindset. Yeah. It's a weird dichotomy because the, like I've said so many times on the show, it's the, the, the industry has been, you know, the most profitable it's been in a decade yet this inventory shortage. So there's like a big problem right now, yet it's still very profitable. Um, which is just a very interesting dynamic. Uh, when it comes to MSRP prices, do you guys, you know, what, what, what's your theory on that? Because you see a lot of dealerships, 
the MSRP comes in and, you know, they'll jack it up or uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes because it's like, look, we need to make money and we're not getting as many used cars. And obviously the the demand is high and the supply is low. You know, what's what's your thought on that? Well, it's it's kind of twofold. Number one, we're not solely reliant on new car business. Uh, We we always have been uh, really big in the used car business, always uh, are one and a half used to new. That's good. So. Uh, we, we, we have a huge focus on use, so we're, we're not necessarily fully reliant on new. And, and so that allows us to be a little more flexible when inventory is tight like this. At the same time, uh, you know, on the new car side, we are doing some market adjustments on some vehicles, select vehicles, not all the way across the board. And mm-hmm. uh, the reason is, is because, you know, uh, like a great example is uh, this year, you know, Infinity came out with the brand new QX60. It's right. a great vehicle. Uh, really, really nice vehicle. And typically the early adopters on a new vehicle like that, they want it fully loaded. Sure. And um, because of the supply chain issues, Infinity just wasn't able to build, but only a couple fully loaded vehicles. And then the rest of them were kind of mid-tier and even some base vehicles that they built. So only the fully loaded vehicles do we add some market adjustment to. And it wasn't ridiculous, um, but uh, you know, we, we felt like number one, the market could bear it. And, and number two, we weren't uh, trying to be greedy by, by putting it across all the vehicles and uh, gouging all of our customers. So, um, you know, we, we felt like it was fair. Good. And, and I had a customer, uh, last week, you know, call me and ask me, uh, you know, why I, we were doing that and, and thought that, uh, we were being unfair, being greedy. And I explained to him, I said, listen, you know, uh, <laughs> We, we built these large dealerships. We, we built our business plan around being able to sell 200 new a month, and they're only giving us 20. So you do the math, and they're like, well, yeah, I guess that kind of makes a whole lot of sense. And, yeah, business-wise. And, you know, customer up, yeah, customer ended up buying and, and being happy and left. So it's, it really, it, it, as long as you can have that conversation with the customer, mm-hmm. um, you know, every, everyone has been fine with it. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it, listen, if you're honest and straightforward up front, customers appreciate that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm very savvy in the automotive world. So when, when I go to a dealership, I know right away if, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, if I'm getting bullshitted or not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's refreshing when you go somewhere and hear the truth up front right away, the prices, you know, and all that stuff. That, that's who you want to do business with, you know? Um, so, so dealing with the supply and demand issue, do you, do you have some sort of hack or maybe a, uh, a process you do at your dealerships that you thought of that's been very helpful to combat the inventory problem? I would say that, uh, for us, we're really not doing anything radically different. Okay. That's fine. Um, you know, like, like I said, adding extra packs or changing commission structures or anything like that. In fact, we, we, we purposefully haven't. Uh, change anybody's pay plans because that's the last thing we want to do. But oh, right, yeah. um, I, I would say the only cha- change that we've made uh, as far as strategy is the type of used cars that we're carrying. And again, like I said, we're, we're um, you know, real big in the used car business. And um, we, we've tried to find those niche vehicles that sure. uh, not everyone's going to carry. Sometimes those are the 100,000 plus vehicles. Sometimes they're the loaded trucks that are lifted. Um, you know, just different vehicles that are a little more of a niche that uh, have a higher margin on them because someone's searching for that specific thing. So, 
Oh, uh, that that's done real well for us. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what I mean. That's like something different that is working for you. You know. Yeah, so you mentioned Infinity a bunch of times. What other brands do you guys carry? Yeah, so uh, we, we've my family's been Nissan dealers since the mid '70s, and out of that, uh, we got uh, our first Infinity store, and then uh, I added a second Infinity store and even a third. But I've since sold that third one off, so I still just have the, the two Infinity stores. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nissan Infinity is, is kind of near and dear to us just because we've. We've been with that brand for so many years. Brand loyalty, uh, get it. And, and our, I would say our, our largest volume store, our big store, is actually our Infinity store in DFW. Okay. So. Uh, we, we rival some of the domestics around us as far as the volume we do. Oh, nice. So uh, it, it's, it's, our, it's our, our, yeah. uh, our big store. Oh, okay. So, well, you mentioned you know F-250s and stuff before, but I'm, I'm assuming they were used, like we talked about, because you don't have any domestics, right? We do not have any domestics. So we, we have two Infinity two Volvo, one Acura, and one Polestar dealership. Oh, Polestar. Okay. Yeah. And that's the that's basically Volvo's sports faction, right? <laughs> it, it, uh, it was born out of Volvo. It is a, a completely separate company now. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, right now it's a lot of the Volvo tech, um, you know, underneath the car. It's, it's um, a lot of, of uh, the, the technology shared with the, the Volvo, like the XC40 Recharge and, and the C40, things like that. But they're they're becoming their own company, and um, right, the the cars are magnificent. I've I've enjoyed driving them. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought that I would be a uh, pro EV person, but they're a lot of fun <laughs> to drive. And you know, when when you step out of say a, a Tesla into a Polestar it's a world of difference. You know, the Teslas just aren't built as well and um, have a lot of road noise, uh, very plastic on the inside. Polestars are true luxury car. Oh, for sure. And uh, fit and finish is real nice. So, you know, it, it, uh, it it's not only uh, a fun car to drive, it's, it's a beautiful car to ride in. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about that brand. I think that brand has a lot of potential. It's kind of got a leg up on a lot of the other, uh, brand new ones that are on the market just because it's got uh, Polestar kind of help. I mean, uh, Volvo helping it. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see where that brand goes. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, we're, we're selling 30 to 35 a month right now. Oh, and good. Um, never thought we'd be doing that kind of volume. Uh, when they come out with the uh, SUV next year, we, we know we'll at least double that number, hmm. if not more. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, you know, EVs are... Uh, I like EVs, you know, I, I, I was, I don't own one, but I, 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 the instant torque in an EV is fantastic. They're fast. I mean, obviously they're not loud or anything like that. I always think though, you need, you need both. And also I've said this a thousand times on the show, you need to be able to charge up a car as fast as it takes you to fill a tank. Because yep. if you could do that, that's where a lot of people's heads will go, well, wait a second, you know, and I can get four to 500 miles on a charge, which you know, on a, on a, on a, on a sedan uh, with good mileage, you get around that. So it's pretty comparable. And then it needs to happen with just a plug in the wall for, for, for the majority of people, I think. Um, but Hey, I'm not against hybrids. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think there's a use case for, for full EV. Uh, I, I think there's a much bigger use case for hybrids. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we sell a couple different hybrids and, and I've driven them. I, I think that uh, it's, uh, you know, the range is finally getting there to where it actually 
can can mean something to everyone. No, it is. And um, they, you know, because it's not such a large battery pack, it doesn't take so long to charge. So it is a quicker charge. But, um, you know, when you're driving it on the, the gasoline side, it does a little bit charge the battery too. So to me, that kind of seems the best of both technologies. And I can see a much greater use case for the hybrids. Uh, but, you know, there's always a use case for, for whether it's diesel or gas. There's there's definitely a use case for that, too. I think the, the market really needs to decide. I think they're both great technologies with great use cases, and, and we just need to be able to offer all of it to everybody. I think so, too. And, and right now, you know, they are getting more affordable and stuff like that, which is good. And, uh, I mean, hey, look at – there's supercars that are hybrid. There's – you know, they're coming out with a new Corvette C8 that's going to be hybrid and eventually a whole electric one, too. So it's going that way. You know, I just love the sound of an engine. I like cars. I like the <laughs> loud sports car. You know what I mean? So, you know, always want to have both, I think. And that's the that's the happy medium. Uh, last question before we get going, George. Uh, what What's one of the biggest lessons you learned during the last two years through the pandemic and all the crazy craziness? What's one of the biggest things you learned? Communication. Uh, that, that's something that communication. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, we we realized in all of this that we were making decisions uh, on a daily basis, if not an hourly basis, as things were closing and you know the different states were were doing different things and requiring different things of us. Communicating to the staff, number one, was right. was extremely important, and we implemented uh, a texting platform where we were texting our entire staff multiple times a day. Uh, things that were, you know, I think we all needed to be flexible with, and and so that was uh, the probably the biggest takeaway that I had was just communicating everything that was going on and um, letting everyone know what to expect, and then of course that transferred down into uh, customers and, and everything else. But uh, yeah, communication. Yeah, that wouldn't be the first time that I've heard that answer to that question, and I think it's a great one because. <laughs> You, you, you have to be, especially at that time, because you didn't know what the hell was going on or what, you know, in any business for that matter. So, you know, it was day to day. And then uh, all of a sudden took that upturn in the business. And here we are, you know, profitable dealerships, yet the inventory and the supply and demand situation is still a problem. But hopefully, uh, hopefully that gets better soon. But um, George, hey, listen, George Grubbs, owner of Grubbs Automotive. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, Derek. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. Come back anytime. Good deal. Yeah, take care. You got it. That was George Grubbs, owner of Grubbs Automotive. For more info on George and his dealerships, head over to grubbs.com. And nice and simple, that's G-R-U-B-B-S.com. That'll do it for this episode of DNT. Make sure you follow us on social media at Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D, DerekD.com for all my stuff. Appreciate you listening, everybody. And until next time, this is Dealer News Today. <laughs>